are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news. Sometimes, sometimes we make you laugh. <laughs> but most times we get vaccinated. No, but most times we go deep. I'm really cutting that out. <laughs> sometimes we get political. <laughs> no times we get political. Anyway, but most times we go deep. Uh, and today we're talking about the eighth episode in the final oh. season of the walking dead world beyond and the ninth so episode was, yeah the ninth so episode was just released today and it's just oh my god i i don't want this to end <sighs> how do you feel about that I really about don't it want ending this yeah it's, i it's, it's, I it is pretty don't... intense it's it's so intense. Every single episode gets better and better than the one before it. And I am okay, I'm I don't know how I feel about it ending. My right now my brain is like, okay, how are they going to end this? Like, how mm. are they going to stuff enough information into these last two episodes to satisfy everyone? Because the series was as far as like the viewers were concerned, this series was supposed to answer a lot of questions for us, right? Mainly where the fuck is Rick? And I don't know if we're going to get an answer to that. If I'm if I'm being honest, I don't think we will. <laughs> okay. But I do hope we get some other answers. Like I don't know. I just want to. I just want to know more. Well, I mean, uh, do you not feel like we've been getting like uh, drips of information about the C well about the CR at least or the CRM, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so we know we know the CRM and the CR are two. I mean, kind of two separate entities you know the cr has their own civilian government where the crm obviously has their own idea of government or whatever right or so, the, well the crm runs effectively runs the cr because we just found out about that from the paper they run the cr until year 10 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where the civilian which government is, will take complete control now which is now you're right yeah that, just about that handover is supposed to happen soon so i'm hoping we get a good look at that in the next couple of episodes i would like to see First of all, I want to see right. I want to see the CR and I would like to see what their government looks like. And I want to know how much these people. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty clear these people have no idea what their military is doing. But I would like to know for sure. Like, I want to see how much they know about what the, what their military is doing. So still so many questions. I want to go back to what you said about this. This series was designed to show us. Uh, give like us where, answers where give rick is answers. at no you said yeah. you said specifically where rick is at no i what said a lot to? of people i said a lot of people are watching to find out where rick oh, is but okay but the you series, are slick i am <laughs> but the series was meant to answer questions yeah yeah about <laughs> who these people are and why yeah. they may have taken rick or yeah i yeah. see what you're saying yeah so i'm glad you said <laughs> it in that way because then i would have said no I hit right. you with a stick. Nope. <laughs> no, I'm, no, no, I'm careful. I'm careful. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. I tweeted out a Twitter thread about saying, if you're watching this to find out more about Rick, stop watching. Stop watching. <laughs> don't even continue. Yeah. The, don't yeah. don't even do it. And I'm, I'm I'm just sparing you the heartache because if you're watching for that, you will hate watch the rest of the series, knowing that you will never see that. Yep. Now, I'm not saying you will not get flakes, not even nuggets. You will get flakes of information about where Rick might be at. You will never see Rick. You may not see Michonne. We didn't hear a definitive no on that. But Michonne hadn't, hadn't even crossed my mind. It always crosses my mind. I mean, not on, not on this show. I mean, I think about Michonne, but not showing up on World Beyond. That hadn't crossed my mind. Yeah. I, well, I think about the, the people that she meets on the road. The, oh, the caravan? 13. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brita Wool, right. Exactly. I want to see so, Brita. Because this is my point. I think about it and say, oh, maybe. But I know. And I had an argument with somebody. Somebody actually latched onto what I said and said, no, you're wrong. The series <laughs> is all about finding out about the CRM. And I said, no, the series is about telling a story, period. Everything else is bonus. 
Do we get to find out about Rick? Bonus. Mm. Do we get a window into the CR? CRM. CR. Bonus. They're trying to tell a story. That's what any series goal is to do, is to tell a story. That's it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Fear the Walking Dead. Why did people stop watching it when it first came out? When it first came out. Why? Uh, do you want to uh, Just take, take a wild guess and you'll probably be right. Why did they stop watching? Yeah. Just, just throw it out there. Uh, TWD watches, why did they stop watching Fear the Walking Dead when it first came out? Well, I mean, think? it depends on when they stopped watching. I mean, the first- From the beginning. I'm, so I'm talking about the start. Just when, when it first came out, it was fresh on the TV screens. Like they gave it a few episodes and then they yeah. were like, forget this. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think? Uh, I, take take the, a wild guess. Because Rick wasn't there? That would be well, so stupid. I don't pretty know. Pretty close. I no, don't know because it wasn't about. The Walking Dead. It wasn't The Walking Dead. Well, of our, course our it's not. It's a every, completely different show. Right. You think that, that <laughs> people would understand that. But no, they watched The Walking Dead because they, they were in love with the characters on The Walking Dead. And I think most people watch because of characters. I'm coming to the realization. I don't think they really watch to see a cool story. Or I mean, we've talked about this before. We've, we've said that The Walking Dead, period, the people who watch The Walking Dead are the people that we know. Many of them are for when it was popular, it was popular. And then, you know, people were watching The Walking Dead. They were watching other shows, blah, blah, blah. It was a mass called movement right now. And, and people were into it. But like they were, it wasn't the everything that they watched. They watched other things. They watched small, the, what, I don't know what was on at the time, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the WB shows, whatever. But they watched, you know, it was big. It was popular. Many people watched it. Uh, throughout the years, you get to season five, fans consolidated, Glenn died in season six, see, at the end of season six into seven, and then many people fell off. What do you have left? You have people who have stuck with The Walking Dead from the beginning. You have the fanatics. So then what happens? You, you show, in 2015, you show a show about Fear the Walking Dead and, you know, consider that consolidation. The show started at, the, the original show started in 2010. 2015, Fear the Walking Dead comes out. You have a consolidated amount of people who are, you know, because it waned in popularity. Some people left after season three, whatever. Okay. So then they're like, hey, Rick's not on this show. Fuck this show. <laughs> or like, you know, this character that I like is not on the show. Fuck this show. You know, what is this? What is it? It's not even like The Walking Dead. It's like, oh, this is like the start, but it's not the start. But it's like, uh, it's just a family, dysfunctional family. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if I like this. Where's Rick? Don't care. Where's Rick? That's <laughs> so... Dis you said dysfunctional family, and I'm thinking, how is that not like The Walking Dead? <laughs> but there's an actual family. Like, well, I guess, like, you're talking about, like, Lori yeah. and Rick and all that stuff. Well, you know. But here's the thing. Like, but it's not them. So this is not Lori, Rick, and Carl. It's not them. It's Did some other Did people really gut. think they would see Rick, Lori, and Carl on No, no, but I think, I think they expected this show to touch on Easter eggs and nuggets that would connect them to the other show. They didn't okay. expect that this would be a completely different series set in the same universe. Unrelated, oh. no family relation to anything from The Walking Dead. It's in a different state. It's not in the South. It's in the West Coast. Not the best coast. We like the South, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I asked people why they didn't like Fear the Walking Dead. And, and I think most of the reason was like, oh, that's not The Walking Dead. That's literally what they roundabout way of saying, that's not The Walking Dead. Yes, I'm not interested. No, I only like The Walking Dead. Fuck that. Well, well, that's right. just sad. That's sad because I, I mean, I think I like Fear the Walking Dead because it's not exactly like The Walking Dead. I mean, it's, it's different people taking different paths, different journeys, having different experiences, although still dealing with walkers, but like in a different way. And then we see the environment issue in season five. And so it, I also went into Fear the Walking Dead knowing it was starting across the country. And I, I guess me personally, I didn't ex 
think that these people knew anyone from The Walking Dead. So I didn't expect to see any sort of crossover. All right. And I remember hearing from like the from like Erickson slash Gimple slash all the other people like, oh, this is not going to be we're, we're telling a completely different story. This is yeah. there's not going to be any crossover. So, yeah. OK, cool. But I guess if people didn't know that and they went into it with a certain mind mindset, it, it, yeah, it would be disappointing, I guess. And I think most people do. They, they go in with that certain mindset. So but to be fair to people like Jasmine, who thought, OK, well, I'll give it a chance. You know, she said, I didn't like the, the characters on that show. You know, I didn't really like what they were trying to do, essentially. Uh, but she did pick it up on season four, rightly so, because I think that's what they were going for is mm -hmm. it, to start not uniting the universes, but to kind of make it feel like it's more a part of the greater Walking Dead universe. They maybe not completely cross over, although Morgan did. And, and maybe the shows will never fully cross over, ever. But, you know, at least some of the characters will. Oh, this is a legitimate part of the series. We're going to start inserting these extra characters in season four. You know, extra Walking Dead-like characters. Comic book characters is essentially what it is. Because, I mean, look, the Clarks weren't comic book characters. They weren't. They were real to me. Mm -hmm. That's I mean, that's why I liked it. Like, oh, this is different. This is different. I like different. When you ask most people if they like different, they'll go, no, no. <laughs> Rachel, you're a picky eater, right? Say yes. no more. <laughs> so you yes, understand completely what I mean, right? <laughs> Would you try? Do you like Indian food, Rachel? Yes. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought it was an instant win because I, I, oh. I just made I just made some sort of rice, pseudo Indian food right now. Rice sauce and meat. I'm there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so what, what would you describe something that you don't like that most people probably would? Vegetables. Like, just anything. Okay. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> so Fear the Walking Dead was vegetables. It's like, oh, I don't, it's getting in the way of the other things. Ugh. These clarks my, are getting in the way steak? of my zombies, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The zombies are cool, but get out of the way, Alicia. God, <laughs> and I know you eventually liked Alicia, right? Like it wasn't. Oh, I uh, loved Alicia. Did I you like her, her from the start, though? Yeah. Well, I did, uh, but it's, it's it's because I had already watched the hundred, so I knew who Alicia Carey oh, was. That's I knew a cheat who she. Code. Yeah, yeah. So I did. I was in love with Alicia right from the beginning because I love the actress. So yeah, right, eh. right. Yeah. So I see, and Jasmine too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Alexa. All right. I feel like we're going way out of our way, and we're not talking about the episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, Are I mean, we to be fair, about World Beyond. <laughs> yeah. To be fair to the episode, though, there it, it it's one of those cut and dry episodes. There's not really too much to talk about necessarily. Uh, I will say, I mean, there's like one part in particular that I know that we'll spend a little bit of time on. But I, I say all of this to say, if you are watching for things that link you to other shows, as a matter of course. Not because, not like, oh, I hope they show us. No, if you are just watching it for the things, stop. That's not yeah. why you watch shows. You shouldn't have to watch shows. Like, and I say stop not because I hate you. <laughs> I, it's because I love you. I love you too much to have you watch a show, trash it, because it doesn't give you the thing that you want it to give you. And like, we say this even about characters. Oh, fuck this show for, like, hurting Carol. No, guys, this is still a zombie apocalypse television. She is going to get hurt. I mean, I don't want, I don't want it to happen, but I go into expecting something might happen that might hurt her. And it's her realistic. Yeah. Right. So right. don't you want them to tell you an authentic story from start to finish? I mean, we say things like, oh, Carol has plot armor or Daryl has plot armor and Morgan has plot armor. But I, sometimes I have to be reminded that is not true <laughs> at all. Really, we say that because, oh, we have to think corporately, right? Oh, why would they get rid of this cash cow? Like, even John Dory, to a certain extent, like, people really, really liked him a lot. Mm -hmm. So, 
But you have to remember, I mean, just because people really, really like Carol, Daryl, Rick, obviously loved the show, <laughs> and that was his choice, uh, Andrew Lincoln's, but you could argue many people watched the show to watch Rick. And you could also argue that a lot of people stopped. This is true. Many people kind of casually watched The Walking Dead after Rick left. Not on time. Oh, I'll wait till the season ends. This is true, even of our TW family. Mm-hmm. You have people in the TW family, and we. this is like the second year of us podcasting, going, yeah, I guess I'll watch it. You know, when Thanksgiving comes around, I'll just binge it or Christmas vacay. I'll just binge oh the whole gosh. thing after this. The mid-season is done, right? But that's what they said to me when, when we were talking about it. That makes my stomach hurt just to think about, like, not watching an episode when it drops. <laughs> yeah, but that's us. You know, we love the thing. Just watch because the story, because you like the story. But if you don't like it, just watch the, just read the recaps. That's all you want to know. And you or can watch even Walking get this- Dead. <laughs> well, and you know what? To your point, that Stephanie still watches us, even if we're covering Stephanie Morris is cover, watching us, even if we're covering the Walking World Beyond, and she really just likes watching our take. Why? Awesome. Why, why we like it so much? She'll Thanks, never Stephanie. watch it. It's all right. We ex- <laughs> we explain it so well. It's like she's watching it. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah. And even, even though we don't like to recap, you know, I, we're not recappers. Just if mm-hmm. you're watching for the recap, don't watch us, and don't watch anybody who recap. Just watch the show. Right. But, but like, if you want to know about nuggets, read about the nuggets, and then you'll have a plethora of people on YouTube who will just post the clip that you are looking for that references the thing. Guys, it's the internet. Type in the search and you'll get what you want. Okay, you don't have to watch the damn show. But just don't. Mind. And this is the this is the crux of my of my argument. If you don't like it, don't trash it because you don't like it. Like, I mean, don't don't say it's a fucking dumb show. You know, like there are people who genuinely do enjoy it, like us. You know, mm-hmm. we really, really do enjoy watching this. And you're saying that you don't like it, but you really, it's not that you don't like it. You don't like it because it's not giving you what you want. You, you have a pre-canned expectation. I think most people have a pre-canned expectation of what they should be getting. Like that one person I argued with, we should be getting more insight to the CR. Like, yeah, we're getting it. But that's not why it exists. Mm-hmm. It exists because it wa- they wanted to tell an insular story, start to finish, bookend to bookend, cover to cover. You know, whatever's in between. If you get nuggets that you like, great. Let's get Jasmine's take because she actually spent some time on her iPhone to give us a take. Here we go. This is Jasmine's take number one. Hey, guys. I have pizza. Morgan's the best. Wrong show. (laughs) (laughs) Morgan the best. Morgan's the best. Wrong show. Oops. I have pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Morgan's the best. I have pizza. What more do you want? (laughs) Oops. Wrong show. Okay, so let's let's get Jasmine's second take, and this will be a good springboard to get back into the episode. Apologies to all those of you who've been waiting for some of the excitement, the exciting shit that happens in this fucking show that is going away soon. Ugh, anyway. All right, here we go. On a serious note, though, Mason. And I know when I normally bring up Mason, I'm not being serious, but this time I actually am being serious. And I hope you guys will agree with me, but the way they treated this Mason in this episode is completely unfair. And this goes, like, way back to, like, the horseshoe stuff um, Dave was talking about a couple of weeks ago in the when does being the good guy become just as extreme as being the bad guy? When does tying up an innocent person that has no idea what's going on become acceptable just because you think it's for the greater good? And I completely understand the whole idea of, like, taking him there, like, hope kind of tricking him into going there. But once they actually had him there, why didn't they just sit him down and be like, this is what's going on? Because Mason might very well have took their side and 
be like, I didn't know this was happening, you're right, we need to stop this. But no, the first thing they do when they got him there is like, let's tie him up, let's explain nothing, don't give him any food or nothing, we're just gonna leave you here next to the plexiglass walkers. <laughs> uh, is that right? I don't think so. And then as, um, as Mason said later in the episode, okay, so what are you gonna do to me if you don't get me away? Are they gonna kill him? They're just gonna kill an innocent person because it's someone's son? It's not their fault who their dad is that's all i got to say bye guys <laughs> i completely agree with what she's saying it makes complete sense i mean our our good guys are acting like bad guys right now but i actually or, i actually had a more question. to the point like the bad guys i'm really glad she she brought this topic up because i had a question and i want you to clear it up for me i'm going to try and explain this the best i can Hope and Iris are in their little apartment. They're getting all their shit together. And then Huck radios in and she says, you got to go now. And so we see them fly out the door. They're getting away. And then all of a sudden, Hope stops. Like she has this idea, right? And she's like, I'll be right back, Iris. Go ahead. And and then she goes off, right? Yes? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And we, we eventually find out that she's going to get Mason. Mm -hmm. But when her and Mason show up at, this, at the, the room that they're in, it seemed like having Mason there was always part of the plan. So, mm -hmm. so why did, why did Hope make it seem like, like she just thought of Mason right then in that moment and was like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Hope. I have, I got to do something like that was always part of the plan. So why did it come across? Like she just thought of it right then. I think, all right, here's, here's what I relegated it to. Cause I, I did note that and I relegated it to, there's no time. Let's do the, what we've got to do without Mason. But then Hope says, I know where he's going to be probably in her head. Maybe she should have said this out loud or maybe they what to accent the fact that there's no time. Maybe she thought, I kind of know where he's going to be. I think this is a good gamble. Let's try. And if not, kind of like a Silas, go without me. You know, like just save dad, save everybody, save the world or whatever. Okay. Maybe there was more to it or something. Because I feel like maybe there was a scene they clipped that we should have seen. <laughs> maybe, you know, it's entirely possible. I, I, do think, I do think that he was always going to be part of the plan. But now that the plan is accelerated rather than, you know, they thought they had more time, I'm assuming. And so... Mm -hmm. And so knowing but why that, wouldn't why wouldn't Hope say to Iris, I'm gonna go get Mason? <laughs> oh, good that's a good point. And but you know, that goes to the and I think the reason for that is narrative. Narratively, that's the point. So There's that a we narrative felt reason. Confused, right? Yeah, no, and it was designed to make you okay. feel confused. But on the other side of that, there is trust. This episode deals a lot in trust. Hope is trusting that Iris won't beat up Iris and Percy won't beat up Mason as they take him take him around. And they don't. Even though I have now we have these pre-canned suspicions and fears that even Hope is verbalizing. I know this is not what you wanted to do. I know you just wanted to get the gas and go to Portland. You know, just get the GTFO. But we, the, why do why is that even saying that important? Because we, as the audience, know more than they do. Like about how mm -hmm. twisted Iris is and how screwed up. And we got to see her kill that soldier firsthand. We got to see her continue on this rage rampage with Percy, having this pillow talk with him. So we know the extent of what, how far Iris is willing to go. And even Hope has a suspicion. Obviously, she has that conversation with her a couple episodes ago in Cachevoix. So even in light of Hope and Iris' conversation a couple episodes ago, which is really just like a day ago, maybe, maybe more, she decides to trust her sister. I think they decide to trust each other, especially in light of the fact that they narrowly escaped CRM soldiers coming after them in the last episode. I think that really brought them a little bit closer together 
more on the trusting par again. Like, okay, when it comes down to life and death, who am I going to count on? But my sister. Iris in that moment decides to trust Hope that what she's go- about to do is, because you see her going, it's okay. She, she goes, she goes, Hope's like throwing the backpack at Iris. You know what to do with this. And Iris goes, and then lets her go. But same, same thing with Mason, like Hope going, Hey, be careful with him. Like Iris going, let Percy, let Percy get it. Like, no, (laughs) but like, she's deciding in that moment, just like you trusted me earlier to get Mason. I'm trusting you to not hurt Mason. So there's a little bit of that going on. I say this because in this episode, we talk about trust between a, a, an active decision. And I, I'm, I'm going to lean on altruistic trust. Kublik sees that Indira is suffering. She is dying. And because of, we find out a little bit more about Mr. Malik, uh, mm-hmm. Jennifer's father, Kublik's husband, how he died. And it was because his kidneys are failing. And he was like uh, saline diocese. And so, so where's the Jasmine's tea on that? Oh, she went to sleep. Uh, <laughs> um, so there is a, you see it in her interface. Acting does a lot in this moment. Kublik, AKA uh, Elizabeth Ormond, sorry, damn it, Julia Ormond, you see her <laughs> visibly feel compassion for both Indira and her, what her family will have to go through with her. Do you think that Kublik is genuinely feeling the, the things for Indira? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I was, yeah, I definitely saw like a human side to EK and I'm like, oh, she does have a heart. And um, after the last episode, I definitely see how, you know, you've mentioned a few times that maybe uh, Kublik's on the side of the angels. And I think this, this side of her kind of uh, drives that more, more home, right? I mean, we're really seeing the human compassionate side of her. If, she, if it's not genuine, she fooled me because I definitely saw her being genuine towards Indira and, like you said, what her kids were going to have to go through if they did lose her. And and it would be slow and, I mean, just agony and her kids would have to be there watching it. It, it would be terrible. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I did suddenly, see compassion. I, yeah, this, this suddenly makes me think of, like, Ezekiel right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he could be cured. I mean, it, well, in contrast, the treatment's right there. It's treatable. It is treatable. Mm-hmm. And and yet he'd have to admit he lied in order to receive treatment though that but yeah isn't that a shame though right mm-hmm. is that is it worth it is it worth losing your life and it maybe even to just draw a parallel like you know will coming up to her and going i i i know what you think you're doing is selfish you're trying to be there with your kids and to draw maybe another parallel to al from the episode we just talked about i know you think you might be selfish for choosing to not get your brother's story and not find out more about the crm um but it's two different kinds of selfish, right? Like it would be selfish for you to be with Isabel. We know that it's fear in the end. There's two different kinds of selfish. Like I'm being selfish to the point where if I choose this path, it's because I'm too scared of the other path. That's that's Al and, and her trying mm. to find the story rather than being with somebody that she loves. Even if it means I'm selfishly – like see, it's two sides of selfish. If I choose uh, uh, Isabel, I'm selfishly – choosing my own happiness over my brother's legacy or like what my brother tried to do before the end, you know, and then which caused him to lose his life. But if I choose my brother, then I'm denying somebody who's alive right now who could be with me and, and appreciate me and live the rest of my life with me. And Grace in that episode, I don't know if I made that clear, says your brother wouldn't have wanted you, whoever it is that you're fighting for or doing this for, they wouldn't want you to not to, to suffer. They wouldn't want you to not be with the person you, you want to be with. So goes Indira. Will just basically reminds her, think of your, I mean, you say it's selfish, but they would want you to be here. They would want you to do whatever it takes to be here. 
cost be damned. So I get that. So we go back to Elizabeth and that scene and like all, all that stuff and we figure that out. And so, but on the road to trust, it, it is mutually beneficial. We're talking about trust. We're talking about, I don't need anything in return. Just stay alive and lead this community. And we have a, a, a non-aggression pact or something like that. Yeah. So this works out for the both of us. You know, as long as you're in charge, I feel comfortable, you know, like, and, and we then we find out later that Kublik was also doing this on the sly from the CR to, or sorry, from the research facility. She was basically stealing from the research facility to make this happen. So everybody's doing something shady. I know we're probably not going to get an answer to this, but when when Jada said what she did, when we find when the you know the truth finally comes out and we've we've realized that Kublik's been stealing from the RF, my first thought was how, <laughs> how, <laughs> just like Mason can get into the closets, right? He's General Beale's kid. Nobody's who's going to yeah, but who's going to call me out on it? Who's gonna, who? yeah, but. She would have had to sign sign the sign these things out. Like she would have to explain where these where this stuff is going. You yeah, know what I mean? All, like it's all paperwork. I, I, well, I know, I know, and I know we're never going to get an answer to it. It's just well, but I, apparently they're coming in the drops though. So I mean, maybe she could sneak it into the drops and then she push some paper around and make some yeah. stuff go away. You know, right? Because wherever it's EK. they're coming from. <laughs> Wherever they're coming from, obviously, I mean, okay, a single vial goes missing out of a thousand and they know that that's gone within minutes. So I got to imagine everything in that facility is, well, sure. But I I also assume everything in that facility is tracked. So if she's taking things, it's Like the mop that Mason picks up from the closet? I don't think so. See, this this is my (laughs) my point. It's like, not everything is going to be tracked. (laughs) A mop versus dialysis. Mop, medication. I mean, there's a big difference there. So here, here's how I, I square that circle because they keep mentioning Cornell. Cornell is a has a big medical school. Many med students will go to Cornell, but it's it's also a, you know Cornell University is it's a university. You do many things there. I say this only because they could get the machines from the university. What good is that in the zombie apocalypse anyway? Right? Like okay, we want food, we want clothing, we want things to keep us certain dialysis machines. Ah, forget it. Right? So she can get the machine from there. All they would need is the saline. That's it. Hook it up. Done. So if they get the fresh saline from the CRRF, that's all that she'd have to account for. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here. There's an easy way to explain that away. Yes, yeah. Right, right. So Charity says also dialysis medical supplies, not as tracked. Okay, yeah. Well, oh, that's, she's saying, that's an assumption. Yeah, so and that's yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm assuming that she's getting the equipment from, not from the CRRF. The equipment she's getting from Cornell, the Cornell Way Station, Cornell University. So equipment as, so, someplace, came from someplace that like it, it is, never even entered the research facility. So right. there's nothing to, to sneak out. Okay, I'm, even, I, I can buy that. Yeah, and even Morgan and Grace, remember when they were going went to the ball to get that to try to get that mm-hmm. diagnostic on what's wrong with her? You know, sure, so sure. Hey, nobody touched that. Stuff's, so stuff's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really just, literally why I based my thought on. I know. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't mean to launch into a whole thing about about stuff being tracked and, and everything like that. But I just that when when we found that <laughs> out, my first that. thought my first thought was this place this place has everything logged. Like I I, I got to imagine. I mean, you sign out a cornflake for breakfast type of place. You know what I mean? That's what I'm like. It seems like that type of place. So right. if but, she is stealing a stealing supplies, how? <laughs> right. Maybe it's just like uh, in Superman 3 when uh, Richard Pryor, Pryor's character just takes off like a half of a percent or sorry, half of a penny and then uh, oh, off of everybody's yes. accounts in the entire world. Yeah. And they then he like finds himself million millions dollars. of dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe that's how she's doing it. She's just amassing. That was office space. Also, also, yeah. Well, where did they get it from? Right. Yeah. Yeah. From Superman three. Yeah. (laughs) So 
So well, yeah. hey, again, to... I know we're never, I know we're never going to get an answer. It was just something stupid that crept up into my brain, and now it's stuck there. That's well, all. and just like That's okay, all. well, here here's a narrative reason why it works because just like Kublik, Jadis also has latitude. So clearly, people at the top can actually make these make these kinds of deals without having to consult anybody. Because who's Kublik going to consult? Major yeah. General and... Beale himself. Right. right, he's he doesn't, he doesn't care. give a shit. He trusts no, her. No, no, you know. And I like what I'm, Sharon is saying. She could have uh, created a fake person to to you know list the supplies under too. Yeah, or even say, "Oh, it's me." Make up a name. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I have. I need dialysis. Well, I, I just you know I like to be limber. You know, it's for no reason other than that. I like to clean the pipes every once in a while. You know, it's the thing I do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What, what does it matter? I'm, I'm, I'm securing yeah. an asset. Nobody's going to question her, her loyalty. She was there from the beginning, it oh, sounds yeah. like. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I'm such a hard ass. I do my own dialysis. <laughs> Charity <laughs> says. And then we also talk about Dennis and, and Huck and how they trust each other. Or Jen, Dennis and Jennifer, let's be accurate. And then even Silas seeing that between them, you know, like going back and forth. Silas trusting Dennis. As much as he could. Mm -hmm. But, and this is what I ultimately wanted to get to was Dennis kind of calls Silas out. He says, like, why didn't you trust me? And he goes, yeah, you're one of them. Like as much as he likes Dennis and as much as he thinks he's a good guy, he's still one of them, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think this is what brings me all the way back to Mason. I think that's to, and to, to Jasmine's question, like they treat him so poorly. Like, why don't they give him a chance? And the reason is as much as Hope actually, I think likes Mason, I think she loves her family more. And Iris definitely oh, doesn't yeah. give a shit. Percy definitely doesn't give a shit. And of course, they are acting like the bad guys. They're, they're not seeing the other side as people. As a matter of course, Hope is in the middle. And Hope is choosing to say, well, I mean, maybe even Hope feels betrayed. Like, oh, why didn't you fucking tell me <laughs> General Beale's son? <laughs> God, you don't trust me enough? And, and even, even Mason's like, I thought you knew already. But anyway. Yeah, I got that impression too. Like, like he was surprised she didn't already know. Like, right. don't you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, 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 but to go to go to the point, I think she loves her family, and you know, this. Yeah, everybody has their limit. Everybody has their line, and if it means the stakes are higher for him to know the things, then of course she's going to choose her family. If there's even a chance that he gets out and tells people what they're up to, of course she's going to tell her family. Like, because in in telling him, they would have to tell tell him. I think they would have to tell him that they're planning on going to Portland. It just feels incomplete without telling them what their goal is. You know, or we're we're going to tell Portland, we're going to go to Portland, or we're going to go to the CR, or whatever it's going to be. They would have to tell him. So if Hope is not telling him something, it's because she loves her family more than she cares for Mason as much as she probably does. So, it, but it's a matter of trust. It's like maybe she doesn't even trust herself enough to be nice or kind or to be more, you know what I mean? To be kinder. To, and to our point from last episode, there's a quite the possibility that if you tell Mason the truth about his dad, he may double down and, and need proof. He may choose his dad over them. And then what? He's going to be a much more difficult cookie. I mean, I did see genuine shock from him when he saw the walker in the wearing the BO4 machine. I mean, he looked genuinely surprised. I mean, I got the impression that he really didn't know what was going on down there. This is a biocontainment facility. This is the, the belly of the beast. This is, mm -hmm. I mean, this may even be, I could be wrong, but this may even be kind of where, well, no, I mean, no, no. The BO4 is, 
Okay, they know about the they know about the BO4s. They I think he knows about the BO4s. I just think he was just scared. I don't well, think, I think he's ever seen one up close, to be honest with I you. I think I think he was shocked that they were in the facility. I think he knows about them out outside the walls, but to see one of them in the building so close to where he lives, I think right. that was a shock. Right, right. I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Like I think they ostensibly know that that the research that they're doing right now is to like mm-hmm. whatever to put them down mm-hmm. permanently whatever all that stuff i guess he just didn't figure that they were actually doing the the things in this place you know in this research facility yeah. well it's one thing to know that what you're researching here we're doing this research for this and it's totally different when you see the research Up in close. person yeah so what, what yeah. is the impression right what is it the impression is well i mean the cr is protected this they have measures to prevent people from hurting one another when they reach their demise maybe they have just like in campus colony they have these little gates on every door you know so to prevent people to so attack each other when they idea. turn right right so they yes. have all this stuff but even then i think maybe most people are just not used to seeing walkers period so when mason sees them for the first time even with a muzzle on it's too much for him uh i feel like this theme comes up though leo was saying to huck that he wished he could kill lila himself right yes. now, I, this is gonna that relate to mason's reaction me. yeah yeah that struck you right but mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't. Narratively speaking, Kublik did the same thing when she was talking about the Bolognese incident, even enjoying cleaning up after her. You know, that's that, you know, that's my daughter. It's my mess. You know, I'm an adult. I'm your mother. That's what I'm supposed to do. I look forward to being with you and doing the things with you. But then when it came to, to wrecking her world, <laughs> to telling her the truth and, and what she would have to put her through in order to do it, you know, breaking her, holding her arm as, as the soldier broke it to, for the purpose of this mission, all the stuff that she feels like she had to do, but she would rather do it herself than have somebody else do it for her. Narratively speaking, th- this links up. And then Huck, taking on the role of what her mother could have been, says to Leo, no, 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 you don't. And I instantly thought of like Rick and people that that were lucky enough to find walls to go behind, you know, to preserve their humanity. You know, when people meet Elton for the first time, right? Elton and Ash and Dev and like that whole situation. The, my first thought was like, okay, Elton was behind walls for a long time. Like, yeah, he had it rough right when things started to happen, when the night, the night sky fell. But from then on, you know, mm-hmm. he was relatively safe. So of course, unlike Percy, he has this safety. He's, he has more of his humanity, mm-hmm. right? And so... You can feel the divide between Huck and Leo in that instance. You can, but you can feel the advantages of both. There is a value, and I, for, this is for the first time I'm starting to feel this because of Ferrells also. But like, <laughs> we've always criticized people behind walls. We've always been like, "Oh, you suck. You are stupid. You're weak. You, you, yeah, yeah." But we shouldn't have. We shouldn't have. We need them. We need them. Because when we get lost, they pull us back. They pull us back from the brink. And I saw that in this instance. And going back to Mason, at some point, somebody's going to have to say, hey, what we're doing to this kid, we need somebody to step in and say, hey, you're going too far. It's one thing to, like Leo said in the beginning of this episode, you're working to stop the monsters while saving people from turning into monsters. But that goes Mm -hmm. in a figurative sense both ways. Don't turn into the monster in order to stop the monsters. So there's a lot of that going on between trust and turning into the monster to stop the monsters. Where do we draw the line? So that's why it's called returning point, right? Because you're returning from from the brink or like from a place where you can't come back from or trying to. Now I finally figured out the title because I didn't know (laughs) what the fuck it meant at first. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, returning point, I thought, oh, the point of no return, like they're they're going to hit a point where they need to backpedal a little bit and and take a look at exactly what they're doing. But let me let me ask you that your opinion on Leo's comment about wanting to kill Lila. Did you get the impression that he wanted to do it out of anger or because he would have rather her die at the hands of someone that cared about her? That's why I said what I said, because I felt like there was a little bit of symmetry between he and Kublik and Huck. You know what I mean? Like there's like a little... Like, I felt yeah, like there's it, a little anger. I, yeah, I I felt a lot of the anger. Like he wanted to be the one to put her down, and I'm but like, I think, oh, oh, Leo, whoa. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's a duality, right? There's there's a little duality with Leo because what did, what have, what did we say in just the last episode when we were talking about why we hate certain characters? We hate the thing in others that we hate in ourselves. See in ourselves. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Leo in this moment and in this instance. He must hate himself so much for having feelings for Lila that it's not even yeah. about killing her. It's mm. about killing that part of him that allowed himself to feel anything for her. Yeah. But here's the thing. It doesn't change the fact that you did and you do feel for her. I know you want to hate and I know why. I know why he wants to do this. It's not as simple as you and well, it's not as simple as me. If I had these feelings, you know, I would strangle the shit out of life. <laughs> but it's about my daughters. You doing what you did to me threatened my daughters. Now, I, I mean, you have to admit one thing. Had she not spoke up, none of his, his daughters would be alive. But had she not spoken up to Kublik, his they daughters would be dead. alive. But like, think about, think about what it must have been. You know, like, okay, thank goodness. But at the same time, what if he said something else and it caused the death of his daughters, right? Like, he could have said anything in that moment. And, and it could have gone any other way. And even even then, what I have even gotten Iris back now. I know we hate Iris now, but like even back then, back then we're just kind of like not like like. Remember, I'm looking back at your Secret Santa about what you giving a present to to Iris, like seeing identifying with the artist in her. But you didn't hate her at that point. You're like, eh, whatever, meh. But you didn't hate her. So remember, no, so, I didn't hate her then. I didn't yeah, hate her then. Yeah, but I I see the duality mm-hmm. of, of of wanting to kill the thing that made you feel vulnerable, hurt because you love them. I feel especially bad for Leo because he doesn't get to see Lila the way us viewers do. I think Leo is standing there right now questioning if anything Lila said to him or felt for him was real. Now, I think personally, I think her feelings towards Leo were genuine. I think she did care about him. I think she did love him. Me too. But he's never going to know that. So now he's questioning everything that they had between them and that makes me sad yeah that makes well hopefully his daughters can maybe say fill in the blanks well you know? i hope hope will i fuck iris she's not going to do anything but drive the wedge deeper but i hope might be able to convince leo that that lila did truly care about him yeah see here's the thing i i'm starting to like be really sus on iris because one of the things i had said even though i didn't hate her and i still don't hate her <laughs> you know hates hates a strong word right it is but one of the things I said in that same breath was I do feel like she's revealing psychopathic tendencies, right? Like that she is, mm-hmm. well, you know, when you t- when we talked about being driven, quote unquote, you know, she's, she is, she's driven. So maybe she's not a psychopath, but maybe she's, she got the blind, the rage or vengeance blinders on. So she can't really see the forest for the trees. Like if I go after this thing now, I say this and I have to recognize that there's also the intelligence factor. Okay. She could be working on a completely other, like most people, when they get blinded by rage or anger or unified, like uni purposed, they don't really think about the consequences or this or that. I'm worried 
that she's that she will get what she wants and nobody gets hurt, but it's still bad because she'll be doing a horrible thing to save her family and friends, but being the bad guy to do it and does it right. Like let's, I'm saying she does everything right and protects her family and nobody gets hurt, but it's still ugly, right? Cause she's, she's supposed to be intelligent and smart. Like she well, will see all the hurt, What's the ugliness? The act. Because here's the thing. We have to go back to the CRM because we've said this out loud. <laughs> we said this a little bit about Teddy too. No, no like he's charming and whatever. Oh, it's, oh, it doesn't seem that bad. What he's trying to do doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> Okay, but specifically, but then we find that grooming Dakota. But then, (laughs) but but let's talk about the CRM. We have said that what they're trying to do before the genocide factor, outside the genocide factor, it's not a bad thing. Maybe Mm -hmm. they are, and even Dennis says this. Now, this this has surprised me. As much as Dennis is trying to help everybody out, he does say to Silas, "Uh, "You you were taking me there to that place where I was just trying to be a good person." It's like, no, you were going nowhere. He still believes that the CR, at least, is the right way to go. And that's interesting, right? That's, mm-hmm. It was like, oh, that's okay. So even with everything that's going on, he doesn't, he's not, I'm not saying that he's a true believer. That's the thing. I, I still think he thinks the kernel, the, the, yeah, the intention and the kernel of what the CR is trying to do is still good. Let's root out the rot, like Jada said earlier, and maybe we can get back on track. So I found that very interesting. And I'm not, and like we were all saying, it's not entirely wrong. So wait, wait, wait. So then going back to Iris, Iris can't see that. And she just sees monsters that killed too many people. And she associates everybody as the monster. The sign, I don't know about the scientist, but like, it doesn't matter. You did the thing. You got to die. I think All she, of you got to die. She would even take out the, the students, the children that are there learning. Had somebody not pumped the brakes. Well, and you know, to Hope's point, she said, there are good people here. Silas, there are good people. You, you, even in the military, there are good people here. Mm-hmm. And to answer your question, I feel like we're going all over the place, but I feel like <laughs> we need to do this in order to properly talk about this episode because it's, it is a constant stream of thought. But like one of the things that you and Jasmine had said in the last episode was that, well, there's got to be some soldiers that question what happened, mm-hmm. soldiers that were there. And Huck picks up, rightly so, mm-hmm. that the empty that killed Lila looked like he was one of the soldiers that did question something, you know, did question things. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, there's got to be others. There's got to be a resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, hey, look at you guys. Look at you and Jasmine. I like it. I like it. You guys guys dug your heels in. I said, no, they're just following your orders. They're like Nazis. God damn it. But but, but to my point, like Dennis kind of makes that kind of clear. Look, you go in and if you don't have that unified purpose, you're not in the military. If you lose perspective, you are out. They they don't want you in there anymore. You may not even be a part of the CR if you if you lose perspective. Any other any other idea, any other purpose this is something that Kublik has said also, like to hope at the top of the series the season. It's like you you have to want this. You have to you have to be singular purpose. You, I mean, you have to be on the same page as everybody else because if you are not, you are dangerous. You know, and the, which is what they did to Barca. Barca said something about it, and then he was taken away, and then he dug his heels because fuck you guys. I was loyal to the end. I just asked a question. Said I am not right with this. What did we do? What was this for? Turns out he was right. Turns out mm-hmm. Iris is right. But it's what you do about it afterwards that, that, that makes a difference. Do you become the monster? I like how this is this yin yang is coming f- almost full circle, right? This is, it's crazy. It's really crazy. <laughs> now, let's talk good about writing. circles. Yeah, really good writing. And then all, yeah. but all the way down to the visuals. Because what do we see in this episode that really brought you back? When they were going around the basement or whatever it was they were, because they didn't have any signal, I'm assuming it's a basement. What did that scene look like um, from last year? 
and the lights going off and they're doing the drill and and you look at the basement and the little little voltage boxes on the on the side of the wall and the camera movements are all shaky and everybody's walking down the hallways to the to their 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 drill rooms and stuff like that the scientists going into the biocontainment lab and all that stuff rick walking out of the hospital room (laughs) no no it's it's from walking to world beyond it's from walking to world beyond nothing i nothing jumped out at me i instantly thought of last year's episode 107 now we're in 207 right or is it 208 is 208 208, yeah shit i thought it was uh i thought i had a parallel going because this is 107 was truth or dare that was huck's origin episode right Uh uh-huh the hallways are the same in in the marine base right in in middleton new york it was all red and blacked out and everything okay but it was Uh, it was the same setting it was the same setting okay it's just all bright and lit up and fluorescent and stuff like that huh Okay. Yeah. 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 That's cool. No, I, that cool? I see it now. Yeah. That wasn't gonna. Yeah. That wouldn't have jumped out at me. I, yeah. I thought. I thought it was the same numbered episode. I. I was. I was wrong. I was one episode <laughs> off. But. But you know, it, it's kind of cool that it kind of came full circle. Okay. Oh, shit's going. And but what was the problem then? Right. What was. What was the issue in, in Truth or Dare? Huck decided against their training, against mm-hmm. all the rules, to do the right thing. But what's happening here? Uh, who is going to be the one to go against their family and do the right thing? Is it going to be hope? It, how far are they willing to go for one person to to ruin one person, to hurt Mason, to get to what they want, what they ultimately want? Who's going to step up? Well, Remember I, all those you... people corralled in the cages in last year? That's, you know, and then Huck decides to go against them. And so, yeah, yeah. Now it's just one person. So Iris and Percy are definitely willing to hurt Mason. I'm not questioning that. But I I didn't get the impression that that uh, capturing Mason was for the purpose of hurting him. It was to threaten to hurt him if Major Beale didn't comply with their demands or whatever. Actually, so so I'm willing to also even bet that Felix might because um, he seems to be on the same the right, page as Iris. Given the right circumstances, Felix is capable of it, but he it it, it would have to be for the right reasons for Felix. I think Percy and Iris would be like, yeah, you want me to hurt him? Okay. You don't have to tell me why. I don't care. <laughs> well, and even, pope, even, pope, Leo, pope. and even Leo saying like, I would have wanted to wring Lila's neck myself. Right. That's, that's yeah. dangerous. And then he talks about choice with Felix as well. There's this interesting conversation that he has with Felix while they're mm. trying to dig the tunnel. Right. Yeah. So he says, I'm going to actually lay this out. Cause it's very, really, it's a really good conversation. Cause it comes back to the conversations that he had to with Huck earlier in the season. He's saying, I wanted to, you to have a choice. I wanted to give you a wide berth to choose what you want to do. Cause I don't want, I didn't want to do that campus colony thing where you feel like you have to fight for the future. No, no, no. Do it. I, I'm just going to give you freedom of choice and now you don't have a choice and he even brings this up with felix this time he says felix goes out loud he goes good thing i i, I told will i wouldn't do anything reckless and he <laughs> goes we didn't get a choice here and then felix says something so wise he says don't you think it's all a choice which is what iris says to lila it's it's always a choice it's always mm-hmm. a choice i like that okay well maybe it's one of the only things i like that he takes from iris <laughs> so um you chose to give me a life i chose to make it count this is so you chose to do something and i could have done it and i could have not done it maybe just like i like huck i would have been a fuck up you don't know you you could Wait only a minute. Do... are you calling huck a fuck up sorry i didn't i meant hope did i say <laughs> huck i said i meant hope hope's a fuck up yeah well until she went out into the wild she was a fuck up right <laughs> Getting in trouble, alcohol oh. parties, distilling. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. But she I, would, cho- I would call that a typical teenager, but yeah, I guess you yeah. could also call well, it. Well, and a then bad. remember, Leo All gave right. her a wide berth, right. which is why I was never mad yes. with her. I mean, she, he took, she yeah. took her licks, but, you know, at the same time, Good. didn't show a she teenager. Her. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but with Leo, sorry, with Felix, I chose to make it count. But Leo knows. 
knows the devotion that Felix has for him, knows mm -hmm. the fatherly devotion he has for Leo. I'm here for it. And Leo says, you already have. I'm proud of you, son. That's what he's saying. Oh, I know. You know that I'm proud of you. Go, I'm going to, get, going to get you back to, I'm going to get you back to Will and then you can finally live for yourself. You know, like that's why I said, you don't have to live for me. It's over. Well, you got me. We're good. <laughs> you got, you found me. Leo has to be okay. No, I'm okay. Here we go. Now you, now you live for yourself. Because that's the thing. Throughout this entire series, I saw Felix live for his, for Leo, his father, his found father. Then it became about his sisters, living for his sisters, taking care of his sisters. Now it's got to be about you. It's got to be about you, buddy. But then Felix, of course, with the clap back, <laughs> he goes, that goes for you too. Don't make this about more than what it is. You got to find a life for yourself as well. Don't think that because you gave your trust to somebody and they, they ruined it for you, that it's, it's over for you. No, no, no. You're always going to love your daughters. You're always going to want the best for them. But you were doing it right the first time. You were doing it right the first time. Keep going. Do something for yourself. Live for yourself. I, I love that conversation. But go back to choice. You had it right the first time. I feel like this conversation is important and hopefully will be a nugget for what happens next. Because I did hear in the upcoming episode, we're prepared to escalate. Coming from Leo. So, interesting. Mm -hmm. Man, right? Right? See, and, and Charity says about hope that she's a huck up. <laughs> she, she was a huck up until now. Poor Brody Rory. <laughs> okay. So let's talk, let's talk about that as a, as a pretext to talking about the other thing. But yeah, I was going to say, cause I was going to say, oh, Brody Rory, Brody Rory. Brody comes Rory. In. <laughs> I love how we give different names to everybody and it just sticks. <laughs> Agent Dennis. <laughs> Agent Dennis. <laughs> I don't remember his name on the show. Agent D D Davis? Davis. Davis. Okay, yes. Davis. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> uh, I wrote it my makes notes. me laugh so hard. Just I so you know, it. I'm going to I'm gonna just show you my notes really quickly, like in a screen share, just so you can you see. Oh, you're going to make Jasmine mad. She wanted to see your notes earlier, and you said no. Well, here. <laughs> let me just show you my notes. Look at this. Agent Dennis? No, no. Can Bordy, you see it? Brory Rory. Bordy Rory. Rory. <laughs> Let's correct that. There we go. Brody Rory. Brody Rory. Just so you know how crazy you, you make me in my head. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yep. Dwight's asshole. That's another one. Yep. yep. It's another one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Morgan sucks. What? No. Hey. Hey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I mean, and, uh, and we know exactly who you're talking about. Dwight's pinky, asshole. Yeah. Pinky. Walter Sabuski. Uh, what else? There's, there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. Anyway. Oh, you mean Raleigh's brother. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Raleigh's brother, Walter. Walter. Raleigh Sabuski. Walter Sabuski. Because yeah. <laughs> he's on a sub. That's why he's Sabuski, guys. Sabuski. <laughs> it's on the nose. Anyway, so Brody Rory comes to, to rat out the CR and to rat out the perimeter. The perimeter, yeah. That, oh. that scene was so interesting to me. Uh, the more I thought about it, like what he did was interesting. Like, cause it would be, it would have been one thing if he ratted out Dev and, and Will, but he went, he did worse than what we initially thought he would do. Yeah. Way worse. He ratted yeah. out the Bennett. Indira. And then he ratted out Indira and then he ratted out the entire colony for himself. What about, mm -hmm. talk about contrast about selfishness, right? Indira selfishly preserving herself for her children while maintaining a community. No, bro, bro, Brody Rory <laughs> does it in service of only himself, only himself at the expense of everybody else, all the people he loves. But what is it for, right? What is it for? 
if if you're if you're willing to sell your entire soul to get into the walls of CR, it's so repugnant, but also on so many levels. Think about Huck and her training and what Dennis says earlier. Everybody has to have unified purpose. Can you imagine if one CR soldier, like kind of like what Kublik was saying to, to Hope at the beginning of the, the season, one CR scientist, let's say, or CR scientist going rogue with their intelligence, knowing what they know, and then blabbing to just to save their own skin to get out of the CR, how it would endanger so many people. Like it's a, it's repugnant to, to Huck even on that level. But then now that it's the people that she loves and, you know, this innocent community that, that she saved in Middletown, New York, <laughs> in truth or dare in the past, right? That's, we're still going with that because they didn't say it out loud that she saved them from being killed from the Marines. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. So that's what I'm right. going with. That's, yeah. yeah, we're going with that. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so everybody hates Brody Rory. Everybody. There's, <laughs> and like even Jenny's is like, yeah, he seemed like a weasel anyway. <laughs> Just fuck this guy. (laughs) But I I love and like like I said, my Fear of the Walking Dead coverage or the what I said in our Fear of the Walking Dead coverage was the one shot that you know was wrong. I don't think no, it wasn't Mills that said one shot kill. It wasn't in this episode. It wasn't. It was Jadis in the next episode, in the in the upcoming episode. She says this one shot in the preview. Yeah, the preview for the next episode, two oh nine. Okay. Okay. That's why I thought it was in this episode. Yeah. So I was wrong. Uh, but why is that important? The one thing that does tie it to the Fear of the Walking Dead episode we just watched was the, uh, well, not necessarily the reclamation team. She says something about the uniform. Uh, basically, when you have a security problem like this, you eliminate all points of contact. Brody Rory, <laughs> you eliminate Indira, anybody who's a contact with the perimeter, anybody and everybody. That's mm-hmm. what the CR, going back to what we know about the CR, if you see them, they're dead. You're dead. You're, You're already dead. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we're in comfortable water again. (laughs) (laughs) I felt a certain way, I don't know, excited, or I thought it was pretty cool that we totally called out that Brody Rory was a rat. We just were wrong about when. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, not at all about Dev. Dev was just, like, they thought Dev had broken into the facility, Mm -hmm. maybe to help the Bennets out somehow. They they still never figured out that it was Huck. Yeah, yeah. And Mm -hmm. and Brody, Rory still doesn't know that the CRM killed Dev because he was already gone at that point, right? He was gone no. by the time Will got back. Brody Brody knows. No, no, Will got back in the beginning and, and told him right, right from the beginning but, that Dev was dead. But Brody, I thought, was already gone at that point. No, it was right afterwards. So he was there when Indira announced that they would be leaving and and even stepping down. It was right after that scene. Oh, that he, okay. He right. I remember seeing and his actually, face. Yeah. And, okay. and actually, actually, to, to pinpoint exactly when, Robin comes back from the caravan that splits off at Cornell, like when they're on their way to Cornell, it goes, <laughs> Brody Rory went to the CR. <laughs> like after yeah. that. So some of the people actually got out, it looks like. But Robin came back and then dies later. Poor yeah. Robin. Poor Robin. To alert Indira that, oh, Brody Rory is going to screw us. Yeah. Well, that's even more shocking that Brody would, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Well, it is pretty shocking. shocking, though. Think about it. Because like he knows he, they killed Dev, and he's still gonna try and rat out his 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 friends and family. But he sold out everybody for himself. Asshole. No, <laughs> no. The reason why I defend, and that's crazy, right? The reason why I was in defending him initially was like, okay, to give him a little bit of credit. If it was me, I mean, I wouldn't rat out anybody. First of all, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about you know, if I'd found out about this and you were gaslighting me into thinking you were doing this altruistically, leading our community, I would be pretty upset too. And I would call for your, I would say a no, vote of no confidence also. Like, okay, Brody, you're right. You know, okay, you've been, but you know, you, you found out, you pay the price and then we move on. 
the handle man. it internally. Yeah, don't yeah. go crying to the military. This is nothing personal. <laughs> it's it's you did something that you know you could have consulted us before you did it. You know, or I, I don't blame Indira, right? I, I don't. Whatever. Would you do it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell anybody. Fuck that. But you know, you get caught. You 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 pay the price. Whatever that price is, you step down. Somebody else takes over. Maybe Brody and takes care of the community on the basis of that. That Brody would step in and take care of his community. But man, I did not think. I thought he was willing to do this for the sake of his people, not for the sake of himself. That is not what I, what I, I didn't see that coming at all. Did you, did you think of that scenario? Like to save just himself, not rat out the entire community? Did not see that coming at all. I, I didn't either. I thought he would have, you know, like you said, pick, ratted out a few people and take them off the board so that he could swoop in and lead the community. Yeah, yeah, that's what we thought, but not destroy the entire community for himself to have a place in the yeah. CR essentially. And I don't and think is that a... is that what he thought? Did did he think he would get like a he they would ask him to move into the to the CR for, not for disclosing this? What what did he think his end game was? What I, how did I think he think he, this was going to play out? I think he was just thinking he, that they could just give Excuse him amnesty. Me. That's and then Jennifer Watson's is <laughs> What happened? What, Sorry, what? that's just that's funny to me that he thinks that they would do that. <laughs> well, of course, we the, we know them better than he does, right? Because we, that, yes, we've yes, seen yes. I'm glad you said yeah. that. I'm yeah. glad you said that because he doesn't understand. He, I, I, I mean, he understands. I think maybe he understands too well, but he doesn't. He thinks he's immune from it because not oh, I like gave we them, understand though. I got them, yeah. and what, it, what if not the episode of Fear the Walking Dead tells us they're they don't honor promises. They look like reasonable people. They don't. Uh, they don't. They're not like us. They. When you think you are the last light of the world, what do you have to owe the the primordial class of people, like the people that are just gonna die? I mean, think of all the test subjects that they farmed over the years. It's mostly people that have just been bit. Really, guys? Really? They're people. I know. I'm saying this out loud, but they're you know. And oh, you see them, you're dead. Oh, what the fuck happened here? What happened here? Oh, we are the last light of the world. That means not you. Mm. You're in the dark. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so I say all this because Brody, you know, might, might have thought he was special, you know, for bringing all this info and, and ratting out his t- entire community. He might have thought he was special. He doesn't know. He what he, he forgets after after years of mutual agreement, he got comfortable. He thought these people were reasonable. They're mm. not reasonable, Brody Rory. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, yep, Brody Rory. mistake. I just, I just, I just, my personal take on, on how that went down was it, it must've been so offensive on so many levels to Jennifer, so many levels, like mm-hmm. her as a, as a true believer at one point, her as a person, you got to do bad to do good. He's just doing bad for himself, mm-hmm. not even for the greater good. And I love it when a show can get even me. Cause I, I don't know if you know, <laughs> But I, I don't like it when anybody dies, usually. Usually on this show, because usually our bad guys are gray. Pretty gray, right? Most of our bad guys are pretty gray. Most of them. Like a Negan, even the governor on a level at a point, and then it went beyond the point. Mm. We, we, we could come back from this governor. Mm. <laughs> he goes, liar. And that's, that's the point where I'm like, oh, kill his ass, right? But <laughs> who other than that, right? Like in that moment... Right, because there is a mo- there's always a moment that it goes far beyond where I can reach. Right, even Iris in that right now, like I'm like even Dakota, I couldn't quite get there. I could never. I really, literally, could still to this day could not get there. Could not get there. Like I get it. I know where she's coming from. I do know where she's coming from. 
And even like at, at a point, Sharendy, sorry, I don't mean to bring this up, Sharendy. I don't mean to attack you, but she got the loneliness that Dakota mm. must have felt all the way till the end, right? Because mm-hmm. it was at the end that you realized at the end, yeah, how lonely she actually was. Mm-hmm. So I say all this just to say it is for at least for me, it's very rare when you finally get to lean in and go, Oh, please kill this person. Please, please kill this person. <laughs> and Brody was it was like all the stops have been pulled. You let me be this horrible person, <laughs> and I can say, Oh, get his ass. Oh, get his ass. Yeah. And then you can celebrate and dance on his fucking grave. That's how good you can feel about it. Because it's very it's very rare for me. Because I'm just just a weird guy. I'm just sorry. Just a very weird guy. Why did I say all this? Because it does kind of bring us back to Mason a little bit, interestingly. Like Mason is potential. Mason is not anywhere near that point. And yet my stomach is is sick with the possibility that something might happen to him. What happens? Well, no, I guess it's we're already past that point. I was gonna say, what happens when we find out Mason is aware of everything that's been going on the entire time? <sighs> but his shot, his genuine shock, I think, sort of eliminates that possibility for me. I don't, I don't think he knows what his dad's up to. Yeah, and even if he heard, I think I don't think he'd believe it. Yeah, yeah. he thinks his dad's and, a good guy. Yeah, and oh, just so everybody knows, there's a possibility that he still is, depending on who's. Right, because what if Jadis is the big bad? We said this at the end of the last. We said it. We said it all the way at the end of the last episode. We said, "What if Jadis is is doing all of this because she feels like she has to? What if the, all the genocide that occurred was Jadis making moves?" Well, that right, because she does have some latitude. She can maybe make certain deals with certain so, people. So before she actually shows up at the research facility, could she have been sending them orders under Beale's name? But he didn't actually give her orders. Is that kind of what you are saying? That's basically what I'm saying. Basically okay. on the basic level. Well, that would, I mean, that would really make Jadis our big bad. And do you think she could get away with that without Beale finding out? I mean, she's killed, you know, 100,000 people. But what if Beale thinks that it was a column, right? I know, like, guys, I know yeah. I'm treading onto reaching territory, but wouldn't Not it be really? Wouldn't though. it be kind of I- interesting? I feel like we've reached farther for things. This to me is like more of a skip. <laughs> right, right. I like, could, I mean, I could see that happening, right? Like she okay. sends in, sends out an order saying it's from Major General Beale. Maybe she even has his signature somewhere and can stamp his name on papers. Who knows? And she's been briefed. She knows all about Project Votus more than Huck right. does, at least. And right. definitely Kublik knows, right? And this is why I was saying Kublik has the evidence in her personal safe, yeah. right? With her personal items, with Malik's photo and the, her old passports yeah. and stuff like that. Why is it in there? Why there? My ne- well, my next question would be, to what end? If Jadis is behind all of this, why? What's her motive? That's a good question. And maybe <laughs> she really has bought in, but maybe she, and maybe she thinks this is the way to, maybe she feels like she has to do this to preserve the glory of the CR too. Maybe this is, this is what she feels. She feels like she has to do the thing that nobody else will do. We talk they're a lot not, about- They're not pushing hard enough. So she's got to take the initiative type of yeah. thing. Yeah, or like Oof. it's kind of like what Leo was saying Oof. earlier. Leo was saying it should be me. Like it should. And Huck is saying, no, no, no. I am trained to be an executioner. Mm-hmm. This is what I was trying to say with the walls statement, right? You need people like me. You need people like me with certain skills. I'm going to save you from the ugliness because I'm because you're going to save me when it comes to my humanity. But then maybe cuts, but, I don't know. Leo's talking about killing people with his own hands. So how right, I, right. <laughs> but that's scary I, territory. But too. I think I think he gets it when Huck says it the way that she does. I think he gets it. Yeah. He goes. You say that, yeah. but you, do you know what I've been through? 
do you know what I had to do to even get to you? What people had to do to me? Well, how many times that. in your life have you made an empty threat to kill somebody, right? Yeah. yeah. But to actually exactly. follow through with it, exactly. none of but us But you have. were worried. You were worried about him a second ago. <laughs> you worried. And, but that's that's what I relegated to. Yeah. I, I relegated to Leo not really knowing what he's saying. And that's fine with me. I can throw that over my shoulder. But I am a little because worried. Because he's, he's speaking out of anger. You know, yeah. he, you, say, you say shit when you're angry. And he's hurt. He is yeah. hurt. Because, yeah. you know, again, we already covered the whole he doesn't think Lila loved him as much as she actually did. And we know that and blah, blah, blah. We already covered that. So, right, yeah. right, right. He's angry right. and hurt. But then, but then you go back to Jadis. And on a grander scale, maybe Jadis feels like she has to do what Huck did. Case in point, she tells Huck, Jennifer, to cut the restraints to kill Lila. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something there. Maybe Jadis on a grander scale is saying, I have to do this thing. I have to be the one to even save pe- certain people in the military from their own conscience, from their own humanity. I have to be the one. Yeah. And it makes well, sense. And we know that Jadis is constantly testing Huck too. You know what I mean? Cutting the restraints on, on Barca was obviously a test. You know, is she going to do it? Is she going to actually follow through with killing Lila? And she did. She passed that test. So Right. And well, well to what end, right? And you, you wonder to what end, how far, how far. And I keep thinking to myself, this makes sense because why would anybody in this world want to be alone? Why would Jadis want to be alone in this? She's still a human being. Mm-hmm. Does she really want to take this all on, on herself? Remember Tamiel? That was her, that was her main girl. Yeah. How she died at the hands of Simon. She might not want to, but feels like she has to, right? Just as a matter of being a human being, yeah. Like, yeah. I have to share this with somebody, right? Why not my, my main girl, my homegirl, Jennifer? She gets me. Do you think that's what Jadis is thinking, though? Like, I still feel like she's got a side eye on Huck. Like, I don't feel like she trusts Huck. Well, Fine. I feel like she has until the Brody Rory thing, which I'm glad that we talked about it in this order because mm-hmm. I think until the Brody Rory thing, she had no suspicions on Huck. None. As I'm looking at this at this episode, trying to find out at what point, because Huck is in on all the communications, all the messages being sent, sent back and forth until well, that Brody purpose. Rory thing. Yeah, that, because she a, needs to know. She's, too. she's the go-between. Well, and Jadis, Jadis is giving Huck every opportunity to get caught to slip up and give this information to the wrong person. Like I, I think Jadis wants to trust Huck, but doesn't yeah. that that's that. I think that's where, where I'm at anyway. Like she, she's constantly testing her. I'm going to give you this information. And if something happens as a result of this, I know you're in on it too. Like when she says, I need to know how far the rot spread, is she going to relay this information and are they going to somehow get out of the, the protocol lockdown or whatever. Right, right, like, right. That was an opportunity. Now, here's the, here's the question. Let's take Bro- Brody Rory and put him aside, right? <laughs> Do you think at any point during this whole exchange, like the scientists and the blah, blah, blah and the blast, and blah, 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 blah. Do you think at any point she may have felt that Jennifer screwed her at all? Because I'm feeling no. Hmm. I no, I don't think so. I think that all the tests that she's throwing at Huck, Huck has passed. Right, and that's what I'm thinking too. Maybe the key card access that's wild everywhere. I don't know, but they seem yeah. to have the access. So okay, that could be all them. That could be all the Bennets. That could be all the scientists. Yeah. You know, the scientists not using any water. That's that's what she was saying with the diagnostics. Oh, diagnostics mm-hmm. is up. They basically didn't use any water. So what are they doing? Oh, they're hiding out in the the biocontainment facility, right? Oh, yeah. they didn't do anything today. You know, whatever. They're tra- like, like to your point, by the way, you guys, they're tracking everything. They're tracking how much water is used, which is really cool. Yeah. I really like that. I, I don't think they're tracking the actual saline drip, but like measuring utility use. That makes 
sense. Like if you're going to do it, yeah. if you're going to have a planned community, of course you're going to measure water use and, and all that stuff, right? Yeah, you got to make sure you have enough for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. I think Jadis is more uh, on alert towards Huck now that the Brody Rory situation has happened. And I think right. we see it. We see it at the end when Jadis is given the orders to basically... Wait, is, was that this episode or is that a preview for the next one? Now I'm getting confused. Well, the when orders to kill the, Perimeter Colony. Nope, the orders to kill the Bennetts. Was that in oh. the preview or, or was that at the end? I thought uh, that was the end of the episode. No, no, no. That was here because when it came to Corporal Pierce covering the tunnels, the protocols were to shoot yes. to kill the Bennetts and the yes, scientists yes. leaving the rest. And, and yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that was in this episode, not a preview. So Jadis yeah. is, is pacing back and forth, giving these orders, staring Huck down, waiting for any micro expression of anxiety, fear, something, anything to come over Huck's face like, like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I and mean, you see Huck that, do? right? What does Huck do? She kind of advocates. She's like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And I'm doesn't, really, I was really worried for Huck by the end of this episode. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's interesting because Jadis is hiding behind the, the, those protocols. Like the leave no point of contact, that sort of thing. Erase all... Oh, uh, oh that, yeah. Um, this whole time I'm thinking, Simon, when Huck says, you know, the, the, they're a resource. That, that's, I felt like that's what even sealed the deal further. Like, okay, Negan, you know, Negan had said that to me. But that, wouldn't, that wasn't me. That was my dickhead Simon. I took care of him. Because people are resources. I don't kill resources. You know, that's, remember? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Remember she had him tied up in season eight and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, but I think Simon was a lesson to her though. She says this out loud. She says, you know, smaller communities get eaten up by bigger communities. And, and yeah. it's, it's the ones that adapt to the world to, and seeing it for what it really is that should survive. So she takes the CR thing. The idea of being the last light of the world and she takes it to a, a an extreme like you mix what she's been through the trauma and i remember what happened to her people i remember what it must have been like to be her in that moment seeing all her walker people die again as as the walker versions of her people go into Meat the little mulch conveyor belt yeah, exactly <laughs> and she feels like she deserved it. And you know what? That's the thing. Like she sees the weakness that she was in Indira. Do you know what I mean? She sees that weakness and that weakness is what caused her people to die. It's because she, because she made them weak, right? Jadis made them weak. She created this artist community that didn't have to mm. do the things that Rick's community or Negan's community had to, felt like they had to do to survive. They felt like they could just live here like this in bliss. Yeah. And she was the one protecting them from that. She also blamed it on making the wrong alliances. She didn't really, yeah. you know, blame or it making on, mistakes, um, period. them being right. weak, but more of like, well, I, I, I sided with the wrong people and it got my, my people killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Sharon D says, yeah, who's Jadis? Morgan? You made them weak, Morgan. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like, you know what it is? Like, I remember at the time, and this is at the time, I thought she was such a shitbag, right? But now looking back, I was thinking to myself, no, she made, she thought she was making the right alliances at the time. Truly. That's really what she thought. And it, uh, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Like, if I was, if I was Jadis, I would want to make the right alliances at the time. You know? But what Jadis actually did was just make an alliance with everybody. Yeah. She thought she was she thought she was covering all bases by agreeing with everybody. That's that's she, how you get killed. She that thought was she was a terrible that was a terrible idea. She thought she was Brody Rory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In that moment. And instead instead of her being killed, all of her people got killed for it. When Sharon D said, Who's Jadis? Morgan? You made them weak, Morgan. She's referring to Martha. Yeah, mm -hmm. you made them weak. Right. And so <laughs> Jadis. Maybe there we go. I'm not looking at the result. I'm looking at what she was trying to do. And I think she really, she loved her people. She 
built them up from nothing and gave them a purpose and a language and, a, and, and the ability to be the self that they wanted. They, well, she gave them the walking dead and did it behind a secure facility that they could be that way forever. They didn't have to get involved with Rick's people. They didn't have to get involved with Negan's people at all. Could have just been fine. But, you know, and, you know, maybe we could say it's all Rick's fault in the end, really, because had, <laughs> most had, things are <laughs> had Rick not really got himself involved. They could have lived the way they wanted to forever. But to her point, what she was trying to say is, you know, they came and I had no choice. I couldn't unsee the knowledge that they knew about us. I couldn't unsee that there are communities that are threatening other communities. I couldn't unsee and we weren't prepared. We didn't adapt. We deserved to be eliminated. Wow. Give it to World Beyond to compare, and this is weird, Could, would we have said the junkyard was like Alexandria if you would have taken Alexandria to its natural conclusion? Meaning, even though they were bizarrely different, the junkyard was what Alexandria was had it continued to persist without Rick, right? Being ignorant to the outside world, in a sense, in some senses. Like, they didn't have to oh. mix with the outside world. They were, oh. they were getting supplies from the CRM, by the way, just so mm -hmm. you know. Do you remember, mm -hmm. the, remember the can of pears that, yeah. that the, CR, oh, yeah. the, the, the primordial CRM logo, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Uh, that, that first time we saw that symbol, but didn't really see it until I pointed it out and Squawking Dead, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was the first one, first one ever. You see the three circles? It, it must mean something, Carol. Okay, let's move on. That's, that's literally <laughs> the extent of it. Squawking Dead called the CRM logo first. Just saying. It's, it's you know documented. We, you know what we have not gotten an answer to yet, though, is the, the swipe card. The, 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 the PPP. Oh, the PPP? The, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yep. Well, maybe the PPP was just the primordial CRM logo. <laughs> just they didn't interlock. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> also, fuck Heath. Fuck Heath. I don't want to talk about him ever. <laughs> I'm done. I can't. I spent so much mental energy thinking and talking about Heath in the first few seasons of Squawking Dead, or the first few years of Squawking Dead. It's the same thing as... <laughs> okay. but I, I spent so much time talking about that, and then like I burnt... It's the same thing as, what if this is Madison? What if that is Madison? I'm done. I can't even Yeah, it's go. just funny now. It's, yeah. Now it's if we bring it up every now and again, but then it's like beating a dead horse if we do too much. But Charity said... If you, oh, if, you listen to our, if you listen to our chat with Alex Scooby, Eli is Madison. <laughs> Not good, not good enough, not good enough, Alex. No, no, you're coming. You're, you're Mr. Johnny come lately because you finally got the thing. Fear the Walking Dead. Are you trying to piss me off, Alex? It's working. Um, so, but Charity said, I laugh. Guys, it's, it's like the Brady Bunch. Portland, Portland, Portland. That's what yep. the PPP is. Well, okay. So, Portland's, Portland's has its own alliance of the three Portland, Maine, Portland, Texas, and Portland, Oregon. <gasps> oh, oh my Portland, God, Portland, we Portland. solved it. <laughs> but guys, guys, what if that was it? What if that was it? Well, we were recording it, so we got what? proof right here. Yeah, this is the same thing as the CRM logo before we knew it was the CRM logo, by the way. It was like, you got hey, proof God. of it. By the way, and, right in, um, and Carol just called me crazy. I was just like, Carol, Carol, there's a symbol on top of the, the, the can of pears that she opens up when all our people die. Okay, there's a symbol mm -hmm. there. It's, it means so. It looks like a radioactive symbol. I don't know. And she, she goes, what? Uh, and then we, and I go, okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it came, that's how it came about. Uh, I just want to bring up this one thing, um, the, the conversation that, that Dennis and Silas have on the way to Perimeter Colony and, and what happens on the road. Silas says Huck was following orders, you know, basically what she had to do, right? Was she just following orders, quote unquote? And Dennis says, on the inside, they make, make it clear what they're doing. You lose perspective, you lose yourself a little Morgan flavor there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then Silas clap back, claps back and goes, there's right and wrong, Dennis. So it was like a little iris in there. Okay. All right. Uh, and Dennis just comes right back and says, no, there isn't. Not for a long time now. Even though we've heard Iris say this before, for some reason, it really struck me when Silas said it. Maybe it was because it was coming from somebody different or, or, or another kid. I'm, I'm going to call them kids. Another kid, per se. Sure. So, like, yes, it makes sense, right? That kids see these things in black and white. There's right and there's wrong. But an adult who's lived through some shit is going to see things a lot differently. They're going right. to see all the gray around it. And they're going to realize, no, guess what, little shit? You're not old enough to understand that things are not black and white. There's a whole lot of gray out here that you got to sift through. So right. sit down and shut up. <laughs> but what you, but what, what did you realize when it was, when it was Silas saying it, it hit you a little, a little differently, right? Well, it, I but think let's... it was just because it was another kid saying the same thing. And, and then it, and then it, kind of clicked i'm like well yeah that it makes sense that kids would think this way oh oh okay to kind of explain away but what you but you did feel it that's that's but you yeah, kind of explained yes. it away oh it's kids but i felt it yeah why am i saying this it goes back to what i was saying before about leo leo and hook's conversation i would wring her neck myself it's about right and wrong right and yeah. hook says i'll be mm -hmm. I, i'm the executioner let me let me save you from this but when it comes time you save me from myself my point is as much as we want to dismiss the kids kind of like Carl. I mean, The Walking Dead World Beyond is in some way an ode to Carl, to Rick's vision, to Carl's vision that Rick tried to make real. I mean, what if anything, the birth of this series came out of Rick's conversation with Daryl in that pit. Like, you know, I know you want to make this world a better place to fulfill Carl's vision, but it's, it's not working. <laughs> the kids on World Beyond, they need those kids. They need that. They need that moral clarity. They need each other. Let's put it that way. They need each other. But let's not dismiss these kids. They're more capable than we than than we think that they are. But we, you need all of them. We need all the, and they're all thinking the same thing. There is right and wrong. Yeah, okay. I, I'm learning what the gray is in between. Sure. But they need each other. You need both perspectives in order to win yeah. this world. You need the Carl and you need the Rick. You know, you need the Daryl, but then you need the uh, what's the Enid, right? You need the Enid who's jaded but still a kid. So there's still a part of her that wanted to believe and Glenn helped her believe. You need both, you know, to survive. You need both to make this happen. I like that because it didn't jive with you when Iris said it, but when somebody else did, you're like, okay, now I have to kind of, I have to let what I Iris said sink in. That too. Yeah. Right. Now I have to let what Iris said sink in as well. Now I have to go backwards and see, maybe you Iris see, is right about this. Maybe she was right about that. Maybe she was doing it on principle as a matter of fact, as a kid, as doing this, but like, okay, it's necessary. Yeah, but Iris when is it going too far? Iris isn't even listening to herself right now. Like there's right and there's wrong. Well, sure. So where does kidnapping and tying up another kid fall into that category? Like, is that right or wrong? Or is it bad right. to do good? Because now you're but, doing the same thing that you say you hate. In, you're doing the thing that the CRM does that you hate. And the reason you want to take them down, you're doing the same thing, Iris. This was what Jasmine was referring to when it came to the horseshoe theory. Inevitably, when you're from one political side, let's say the left or the right, the more extreme people get, the more authoritarian they become, you know, so, and then they meet each other on the other side, almost mm -hmm. like a full circle, except they are both pol political extremes. They'll end up meeting each other on opposite sides, doing the same thing, mm -hmm. being the same type of ugly for their own reason. Yeah. You know? Saying I'm right and you're wrong. Right. But almost being exactly the same, just coming right. from different places. Yeah. And creating the same fucking mess. 
Yeah. And so to Sharon these points, she says, do the ends justify the means mm -hmm. or the men's? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the entire series is just a question to do the, do the ends justify the means? It, sort of, sort of. But it's also about, it's really, really about don't dismiss the kids. Like as much as one wants to, don't dismiss the kids. They are important. Oh, Everybody absolutely. has their job. I, I guess I, I wasn't, I didn't want to dismiss what Iris and Silas No, say, I do. But... <laughs> No, I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't want to dismiss what they're saying. Okay, let me, hold on. Let me backtrack. It is about <laughs> right because you're saying the thing it, you're doing. It, was... Right. Well, right. No, it is about what's right and what's wrong. But the way you achieve those things can can be different. You know, right. and well, well, what gets you closer to the light too? Like, so when right. you look at Lila, that that is a version of somebody who who takes on the gray and, right. and tries to keep things grayer. Because if not, well, she has to reckon with what she's done. Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of like Rick, right? Rick said, what was the, uh, Rick and Morgan, when they had that conversation at the bar, I often refer to this because it, it just reminds you of the horror that you can, that you can commit to without your son, that guiding principle being there for you. And so in the absence of her child and husband, well, Lila became the monster that's, you know, trying to cure, rid the world of monsters. That's, you know, how far are you willing to go? Man, this series gives us so much. Right. Oh my goodness. So much Wait. more than we could ever get from the other shows. By the way, <laughs> by the way, to that point, the other shows could touch on this here and there, but because we can get access to the CRM, to these levels of these concepts where like, oh, there is hope. Maybe there is hope. So what are we going to do to get there? How far are we willing to go? You can't yeah. do that on the other shows. The scare, there's too much scarcity. There's no <laughs> beer bottle balloons, <laughs> but there's, there's labs. Silas and Iris both, I think the intentions are there, but they, I don't think they have uh, lived enough to understand that sometimes you have to hurt in order to heal. Something as stupid like a broken leg, right? Or a broken nose. Like you have to hurt someone to fix it and set it in order for yeah. them to heal. Sometimes you have to hurt people to make things better. And I don't think either one of them has has lived through that yet or, or seen anything like that in act or not in a way that they agree with anyway. You know what I mean? They're seeing what the CRM is doing. Not that I'm saying it's right, but <laughs> I'm not saying it's completely wrong either. Like the genocide is wrong, obviously, but like experimenting on people, we do that right now. That happens mm -hmm. right now in real life. Yeah. We so, talked about it before the show. Exactly. Exactly. In the pre-show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it, this is a real life thing that happens in real life. If I were sort of a real person in the world right now, would she be saying these same things? Probably. <laughs> no, 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 no. We know what she looks like. In the absence of, uh, well, I mean, when she was in Cap Campus Colony, all she did was fight for the future. She sacrificed to the point where she sacrificed what she really wanted to do to fight for the future. Also, it makes me wonder if she were the asset, if she would be so hurt about this with what they're doing, with the research. Would she be on board for the research facility and what they're doing? If the roles were reversed and she were the asset, they wanted her brain and her expertise and her knowledge on all of this stuff and not hope. Right. Would she I be think, on board I with the genocide? I think a little, I mean, I would hope she's not on board with the genocide, but at least, you know, the experimenting on people and what Lila's doing, you know what I mean? I think a little bit of Iris is hurt that they chose hope over her. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Cause again, we're, Iris is giving us the kernel of why she wants to go after them. They are the bad guy. They are, mm -hmm. they, they deserve to pay for what they've yeah. done. She just talks about what she wants to do to them, but not enough about why. It's the principle of the matter is what I get. Is the impression I get from her. But that's not how people work. As much as we don't want to admit it, people operate 
out of emotion more than they do off of reason. The reason is the vehicle, is the vehicle that operates the, your feelings, right? And sometimes when people have bad reasons, they're going to be driving jalopies, right? So their reasoning is faulty, but their emotions are the thing that opens the door, turns on the ignition, presses on the gas. So if you have a really good car, if you have a really good reason, you'll get places, right? But the emotion is the thing that starts it. People mostly think the opposite, that emotion is the vehicle. It's not. People are emotionally driven by default. We're emotionally driven creatures. What gets you from A to B is your reasoning, is your rationale, is you figuring out why you're so motivated or why, why you're so um, prompted to act or prompted to have an opinion. Understanding why you have that opinion and then being able to communicate that opinion. That's the car. That's the, that's the thing that brings you to the thing. So why do I say all of this? Is that I'm getting the reasoning. She's not even in the car. The car is a luxury vehicle. <laughs> right? A luxury vehicle that is electric, solar powered even, but there's nobody in the car. Where's the emotion, Iris? Where I feel like there is an emotion, but where is it coming from? And where is it? I don't have it. So this is why I get so pissed off. Where is this coming from? This is why I feel like there's something, there's something that's missing here. I'm missing something very important here. And that's why we're mad. We're like, be emotional, react, say the thing that's hurting you. What is it? What is it? What is it that's hurting you? That's why I'm pissed. Like, yeah. that's where I'm coming from. Like, like maybe Iris has a piece of information in her brain that she hasn't shared with us yet. That, mostly that. It, um, this is, and that's just me guessing what it could be. You know, talk has, about it. She has seemed very robotic this season too. There's not a lot of emotion from her. It's just right. mission. I got to kill. Yeah, there kill, is. Kill, yeah, kill. but it's driven. Right. It's, it's driven. It, let's just say driven. She's driven to do this mm -hmm. thing out of principle. Like the car is there. But there's, where is Iris? Where yeah. are you? It has to come from somewhere. Even, even Leo shows emotion. I wish I could have killed her myself. But there's reasons why he says that. You know, because oh, she made me feel like I can love her or be in love or whatever. That's what you want to kill that part of you. That's yeah. why. But that, that has a emotional reason. We don't have it from Lila. I, I feel like every episode, I feel like I'm closer to understanding why I don't like her. You know, like, why don't I like her? I want to know why. It's not as simple as acting. It's not. There's something narrative written here that's something that we're not seeing that we're not allowed to see the one thing the one is like to, to negretti's point when you, in the in the after the episode exclusive at amc plus he says up until this point the audience knows more than the people on the show but in this episode it seems like the people on the show know more than the audience for the first time which is why i thought this episode was so special it's because it's it's about time we we know less than the than the characters <laughs> but she is the one enigma that we've never understood. Uh, well, at least in this season. Yeah. We just don't quite understand why she's so driven. We, we, The principle, I get it. Killing all those people, I get it. But there's all the righteousness, but none of the emotion. There's none of the emotional impact. What did they take from you? What was it personally that they took from you that keeps you driven? And it makes me a mad, but it makes me also like, Ira, I want to shake her. I want to be like, what happened? What do happened? You think, do you Are you going to tell has, me? Do you think she has a little survivor's guilt? Okay, that sounds good. Oh, maybe, maybe the surprise is going to be that she was with her mom, right? Well, who was she? Oh, no, she was with her dad. She was with Leo the night the sky fell. Sky fell. You know where I was going to go with this. Okay. Yeah. 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 So where was well, so maybe then she feels responsible on her own end about, cause I keep thinking about Carrie Bennett, right? That's uh -huh. her name, Carrie. Yeah. Now, yeah. Ever since you schooled me, now I remember. Her name. <laughs> I, I, I want it to go back to her. I feel like it needs to go back to her. Whatever the reasoning for Iris has to go back to Carrie. Well, it, along with the, the survivor's guilt. You know, it might be sinking in for Iris that 
that she was supposed to be there. Like she, they, they chose hope as the asset. So Iris in her mind is going, I should be dead. I should have been there. Oh, all right. Yeah. There's no reason for me to have, to be alive. They only wanted hope. Well, any of us, Felix or whatever, Right. but maybe she can't, maybe it's the one thing she can't verbalize. Doesn't that feel a little bit more satisfying than, oh, she's just jealous. I'm like, oh, there's a part of it. That's not, it's not satisfying to me. Yeah. No. Just the jealousy, I didn't feel right, but I, but I still would throw it in with other emotions. I right, do right, still right. think she's a little hurt that she wasn't chosen as the asset. <laughs> the only way that makes sense to me, at least that specific piece of a greater whole, probably, like you're saying, you nestle it within the context of it's not just that they chose her over me or they chose her and then I would have been dead. Uh, it's just that I devoted so much time to doing exactly what my dad did. You know, mm-hmm. being, I wanted to be so much like my father. And I was doing well and I was getting good grades and something. I sidelined my art, the thing that I wanted to do in order to help see other. And this is what I get. Yeah. You took that away from me. I worked so hard. You took that away from me. And then then now, and I see, and I wish she could verbalize this, but think about all the mantras that that Elton, even while they're doing karate, who is the master of our fate? You know, that's, remember that whole saying that Mm -hmm, he said, mm -hmm. their whole, this is the critique that we had from the start or even before the start of the series. Oh, they're all, it's all about the future for these kids. There's no present. Mm -hmm. We were taught to, 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 to do all of this for the future, even though we get in, in retrospect, we understand, oh, campus is relatively free really relatively free to do what they wanted to do for the future. We took it for granted. And so going back to that, imagine all the other daughters and sons that felt like they had to be like Iris. And I wish she could verbalize that and say, I'm doing this not just for me, what I had to felt like I had to do for the future, but for all those other people in my class and who I grew up with that felt like they had to sideline the thing that they wanted to do for the future. We were given an option to fight for the future and we chose it. We weren't mandated it. But right? Yeah. I yeah. wish she could verbalize that because that fits in perfectly yeah. with our pre-show. I mean, I'm just going to say that I'm not bringing it back to that, but I am bringing it back to something that's so innately human, not the whole, I don't, when somebody forces me to do something, I don't want to do it. I, I think we've all seen somebody get, receive an ultimatum from a partner, right? Sure. Like you, you've heard of this concept before. Of course. Doesn't it feel, doesn't it feel better when it just comes? Like when somebody does something great, it comes from them without having to ask, without having mm-hmm. to... F- practically coerce them into doing the thing mm-hmm. they want to be here they should want to be here hope you should want to be part of the cr otherwise this doesn't work dennis you were going nowhere you need to know that this is the way like you may not like it and maybe we have to fix some things this is an adult perspective then only an adult thinks this way that you may have to fix some things nothing's going to be perfect but isn't it wouldn't it be great if you chose this life wouldn't it be great if you weren't coerced into this life you know then we could get get somewhere then maybe we can choose the right thing. And Iris did. And they took that all away from her, from everybody at Campus Colony. If you could write that, I'm in. I'm 100% behind Iris. If you can make me feel that, I should be Iris. Why don't you just recast <laughs> Iris as me as a 42-year-old man? <laughs> yeah, you're going you're gonna to make out with Ted Sutherland? <laughs> How old is yeah, Ted Sutherland? Yeah, you will. You will. He's in his How 20s, old? right? All right, right, so it's kosher. Okay, yeah, yeah, of course. Are you is. kidding me? Right, we all? <laughs> Holy shit, he's a cutie. <laughs> he does have a baby face. Now, here's the thing. Would you watch that? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, everybody, thank you for joining <laughs> us on this on this podcast ride of The Walking Dead World Beyond. We're racing towards the finish. If you like what we heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash walking dead. Five stars and eggplants. All we need to know that you love us. But if you want to write more, please do it after every episode. Tell us how what we got right. Tell us what we got wrong. 
But tell us, tell the world after every episode because it helps. It really, really does. Thank you. But hey, if you if you really like what we're doing and you want to be a part of this thing that we're doing, you want to follow us behind the scenes, you want to know what we're up to when we record something, you want to be in these recordings, me saying the things that you're saying in the chat. If you want the unedited version of, of this recording to find out what we talked about before the show, what we're going to talk about after the show, maybe <laughs> all the things we probably missed <laughs> so, because I decided to end the show right now rather than say, Hey, did we get everything? No, I guess we're done. <laughs> I think we get, I think we're good. Well, head on over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead and just follow us there so that you know when we drop a recording session so that you know when we drop the unedited episode recordings so you know that we do something cool and so you're more involved in the thing that you love which is us you don't have to buy us a coffee you don't have to join a membership tier but if you want to jump in on something you can tip us and get 30 days of access to our supporter back content that you know being in the episode the unedited episode <laughs> recordings early so you don't have to wait till they're edited that's that's up to you and if you really really are invested you can join the walkers tier for just a dollar a month just a dollar and you'll get continuous access to any all the basic perks which is a lot it's a lot the other two tiers you get a little extra but for the most part it's it's where it's at the walkers here at a dollar a month twelve dollars a year what is that worth see that's the thing we didn't make it about the money it's not about the money no it's about sending a signal it's about letting us know that we're worth investing in it's it's a symbol right symbol what's that yes what's a dollar what's a dollar it, it tells you hey i'm in i want to let, let's just see where this goes if you want to give more, feel free. You'll get more access. You'll get better access at $7 a month. You'll get the Whispers tier memberships. They get credits at the end, which you're probably seeing right now. They get the ability to get 50% off at the merch store. That's great. Uh, you don't have to get that. These are those people, they're a little bit more invested. They get to be on the Twitch streams when we play Jackbox games again, finally. And the Survivors tier, well, you don't have to join that tier. That's a very limited tier. And the ability that's the ability to join these episode breakdowns. That's a big big deal you know there's only what three spots two two spots left only two spots mm. left in that tier or you don't have to get us anything just follow us so you know what's going on behind the scenes you may not be able to see everything <laughs> i'm singing a lot this episode it's because we did <laughs> two right. two today we did two episode yeah. breakdowns today anyway dave's a little loopy <laughs> oh yeah i am a little loopy i've been your host david cameo I was joined by Cosmoms here and I, Rachel Burt, and Sharon D in the chat, as well as Jasmine at the beginning, without the Jasmine's tea that we're used to on the Walkie Dead World Beyond. Thank yeah, you so much for some being... tea. Yeah, she gave she us a tiny bit of those pre-show. A little pre -show. bit of tea. It's pre-show. <laughs> oh, I, I, meant, I meant Morgan, but yeah, a little bit of tea. Uh, well, that's a different kind of tea. That's not the medical tea that we're used to. Right, uh, right, just, right. <laughs> just a sip. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, just a sip of tea. Anyway, yeah. So take care, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. The, oh. the penultimate episode of the final season of the limited series of the walking dead world beyond right it's a little cn right it's a little cn it is i'm trying not to think about it too much i don't like the endings of most things like it's just <sighs> everybody we'll be we'll, we'll all be here at the therapy circle next week take care everybody we'll see you in the next one and if you uh, get this before thanksgiving or maybe the day of thanksgiving <laughs> american thanksgiving Take care, everybody. Bye. My favorite holiday. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode, the eighth episode in the final season of The Walking Dead World Beyond titled Returning Point. This episode has been made possible by our Survivors tier members. 
at jasmine.iac on Instagram, at whispersuk on Instagram, as well as at elizajones71 on, on Instagram. Uh, but let's not forget about our Whispers tier members. They have a hand in our video production and audio production too. That would be at Aiden underscore Atkin underscore on Instagram, at fanart underscore Lindy on Instagram, at Tyler Philip Cox on both Instagram and Twitter. He also has a YouTube channel called Let's Talk About the Dead, as well as Judith.Morton on Instagram. Thank you so much for your support. And hey, if you want to support us, head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead and just follow us. You don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of supporter back content. You don't have to join a membership tier. Just follow us when you are interested, when you're feeling it, when the moment strikes you and it hits you just right. You can tip us and get that 30 days of access to our supporter back content, the ability to join us in the recording sessions in the real-time chat, as well as receive early access to our unedited episode recording streams, uh, as well as tons of other perks, of course, obviously. But you may also uh, just uh, join our lowest tier. It's the Walker's tier for a dollar a month and get all of that for free forever every month $12 a year what is that what is the cost of that again it's not about the money it's all about a symbol a symbolic gesture that lets you know lets us know that you are interested you want more that we are on the right path uh, but if you want to join the higher tiers you will get credits at the end of the episodes you will get 50% off in the merch store uh, when you fill out a form obviously you know it has to go through us and then we take care of you uh, and if uh, well, and obviously the whispers here, they also get uh, access to join us on the Jackbox party streams, party pack streams, uh, as well as in well, listen, if you join the survivors here, of which there's only two spots left, you can join us in these episode breakdowns. Uh, in any case, I've been your host, David Cameo, but uh, yeah, to do that, by the way, you have to head over to ko-fi.com/slash walking dead. And again, just follow us, don't have to do any of that stuff, you know. And if you have any questions, you can always DM us. I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt in the stream, as well as uh, Sharendy in the chat, as well as Jasmine in the chat. Oh, and of course, let's not forget Mario, uh, who is a Walkers tier member. Uh, we'll see you in the next one. We're racing towards the end in the Walking Dead World Beyond, and we'll speak to you very soon. Take care, everybody.